Hello, hello. Welcome to Cotton the Rocket Ship. I am your host, Lennox Marsh Jr. And I want to thank you all for tuning in. Today is a special day because it's Father's Day, so I want to thank all the fathers out there for being there for your families, for your loved ones, and for your children. Today we have a episode and it's season one, episode 28, and the name of this episode is Zero Limitation. This episode of Cotton and the Rocket Ship is going to continue on with the book, and for those who are now listening in or just listening in, thank you, and Cotton and the Rocket Ship is a book and a podcast, but it was based on a book of my life detailing my life through spoken word and different forms of, and different mediums of poetry and such, detailing my life from boyhood to manhood and how I grew up in America under the circumstances of race. So, going into zero limitations, I'm in the part of the book where I am now talking about things to me that matter. All of it did matter, but now in this phase of the book, once I crossed over the threshold from the actual piece cotton in a rocket ship which was the the poem that section of the book is me looking towards the future entering an aspect of self-actualization entering the more introspective works of and high level thinking of how I want to see myself and how I wish to see the world. So, my perceptions start to become different. My thought patterns are different. How I, um, how I approach my language and even my inflection and tone of voice starts to change to represent this higher thinking. So I'll go into the piece zero limitation. Why do I pray for wings when I can travel the heavens with my mind? Why do I pray for things? When in your image I am designed From the heart of the fertile crescent Every mountain we have climbed It is by your grace we have overcome Every time I am the existence of a journey walked by many Carried on the shoulders of the nameless ancestors Who pushed me forward Forward into a place They themselves never traveled Forward as they illuminate the darkness around me, 
forward into the beyond, and when my legs can no longer take me forward, I will push the younger. Zero limitation. That was zero limitation, and just to give you some background of of this poem and I'm going into the director's cuts of it I go in to say why do I pray for wings so I'm going back to the biblical lens but there's an interpretation so to speak so a lot of times we talk about you know being an angel of some sort or sometimes in our minds we wish that we can fly right but why do we pray that we we can fly when we can design things the way we see fit so it's almost saying why do I pray for wings when I can travel the heavens with my mind I can do a lot more things than just fly physically I can fly mentally I can create things so we kind of underappreciate what we have already and so that's what I'm, I'm trying to to give to the reader and then I go on to say, why do I pay for things when I'm in when I'm in your image I'm designed? So a lot of times we pray for vanity, we pray for materialistic wealth, materialistic things. When if we're in the image of God Himself, we are essentially we essentially can create those things. We can create our own space can manifest these things so it's almost going back to oneself if you can master oneself and understand the the benefit of what you have here the outward possessions no longer kind of affect you in the way that they do and they'll come to you that's just my thought process and then I go on from the fertile crescent from the heart of the fertile crescent every mountain we have climbed so I'm going back to where we were quote unquote created you know the establishment of the beginnings of, of humanity. So when I discuss the fertile crescent, I'm talking, you know, it's like a pretty much a a, a biblical aspect, you know. So I'm going back to the, the Nile Valley regions and going to like Palestine, Jordan, Israel, which is modern day Iraq, the what we call the Middle East, but it's really North East Africa, you know. So I'm just going back to the biblical times of it all. So that that's my frame of reference. The other part I go on to say is every mountain we have climbed. So if you studied like the movement 
of people. If you you know look watch Discovery, I, I'm like a history buff, and I used to love watching, still do watch, love watching Discovery. You know they tell you where we started in uh, in Africa and how these groups start to move in waves, and these groups tent uh, scattered about. So they go. Some went north north towards um, towards Europe and Asia and even spread out to Russia. Those groups, some of those groups stayed. Some groups went on to to the southern tips of Africa. They, some went west towards like Nigeria and Ghana. And then we've spread across this vast world in in certain waves and and because of that journey we we take on different distinctions and looks and so every mountain we have climbed so i go on to say like you know there's there has been a place where our ancestors have touched this this world and so i just go on saying to say like you know every mountain we have climbed it is by your grace we have overcome every time so the mountain we've climbed is, is, is an eternal mountain but also physical mountains physical mountain piece how we had to master our terrains how we had to overcome the hardship of of the earth to the point right now that we don't have well I should just speak because I, I've been blessed but those who are living in the modern world don't have to nature is something that we it's a byproduct now it's it's not something that we have to overcome every so often the most we have is snow rain and uh, maybe the the hurricane or the seasons but right now as men we have kind of tamed the wild or we've created shelters and luxury and central air and these things so the elements are no longer an aspect of of our day-to-day and how we had to to navigate that even lights you know we would only have to do our work by 4 a.m by the by the break of dawn and then work until 6 p.m so that or else we would be wasting daylight and a lot of our livelihoods was based on the sun rising and setting so um we have come a long way, and that's what I'm trying to elaborate. And I say, I go on to say, I'm the existence of a journey walked by many, carried on the shoulders of the nameless ancestors who pushed me forward. And so, um, it's just acknowledgement that I'm here because of my great, 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 great grandfather times to the exponent. You know, we have countless amounts of ancestors if we date ourselves back and um, we can't appreciate them enough for for bringing us this far and they all have a a stake in our existence a stake in in us doing well so that's not just something we can just throw away readily just to say that you know we're advancing without having their their genetic code participating in, 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 in this as we speak.
And so it's because of those people they push me forward. And then I go on to say, forward into a place they themselves have never traveled. Forward as they illuminate the darkness around me. So I'm a fond believer that, you know, I look at these uh, these shows and your genetic code is something that's passed down. And I, and I kind of take that literally and figuratively, like, you know, your genetic code is your makeup. So your, what your ancestors experienced is something that they passed down. So they pass that down to, through DNA. So whether it's trauma or whether it's their experiences, whether you had builders in your family, whether you had fighters or warriors in your families or where you had kings, you can tap into that, I believe. I believe that you can tap into those sources. Um, of course, through hard work, it is not something that you can be ready or available, but you can do, you can see that amongst um, families. So there are some families who are like seven, six generation carpenters. There are families who are like almost like Floyd Mayweather. They're, they're boxers. They're, they're modern day warriors and gladiators. And they only them can um, can fight the way they do. It's almost like a bloodline trait to, to, to fight the way they do with the Philly shell. Or there's, you know, 12 year or families who are known politicians families who who make up the political scheme or the political spectrum that's something that's passed down through genetics you know so it's it's something that they may not choose or want to do but it's something that they can just pull out of their bag and say like hey i can i'll be a shoo-in for this or you can meet someone whose families has has always been like entrepreneurs or business people they may be in totally different types of business, but when they all sit down at the table, they they all own some type of company or parts of companies or something like that, and they're talking about business. So that's a part of it, you know. There's always, in, in every race, there's your warriors, there's your writers, there's your poets, there's your kings, there's your nobility, there's your um, merchant class. So those are traits and things that are passed down, even your agriculture, you know, three or four generation, five generation farmers. So I just believe that you can tap into that readily if you if you know how to do that or if you know to To, to work hard in order to have those experiences and remember it again. There are some things that you may have an affinity for, like everyone may have an affinity for for something, a penchant for something. Uh, I don't know what it is, but some things that easily that come readily easily to you. It may be an experience from an ancestor before that had those experiences that passed that down to make it easy for you, or quote-unquote easy you but there's some maybe some things that you have to overcome because you never had those experiences to begin with so i go on to say nameless ancestors who pushed me forward forward into a place them they themselves never traveled 
So as I continue to have experiences and new experiences, I can pass that along into my genetic code down to my um, children and their children so they can tap into the things and the experiences that I have. And that's how we continue to make ourselves better. And that's how we continue to pass on our legacy through our experiences, which is then encoded into our DNA. And then I go on to say, forward as they illuminate the darkness around me, forward into the beyond. And when my legs can no longer take me forward, I will push the younger. So going forward into the beyond is, is that we can't come become complacent. So when I was making this, I, I thought of uh, space. I thought of, of just like space-faring people going into like a new world and the new world can be it can be metaphysical but I was just thinking almost in a literal like how we can go visit other planets and and we would have to do the same things that we learned over so if you look at like Lost in Space or Star Trek they meet, they meet worlds where they, they don't have the same oxygen it may be different or different plant based and so the technology may aid them, but it's almost the same concept of our ancestors going out, exploring the world for the first time, exploring and going into the Americas or going into the deep forests or the jungles of Africa or the mountains of Europe or the mountains of Russia and Germany and, and walking and, and interacting with the wilderness for the first time interacting with different fauna, different different landscapes, whether it's the desert or the Gobi or the Sahara, the wildlife, the species, and then having the ability to, to tame and domesticate animals to their benefit. And it's it's just amazing to me that you know that that, that stuff becomes unappreciated. That we are able to to tame life around us, shape life around us. And that, to me, is, is almost being God in, within itself. It's walking in his image, you know, lowercase g, for those who I'm, I'm trying to establish. It's, we are aspects of the, the creator. Um, and these are all, like, shared experiences. So... I want my audience to understand is that we are now we are having these experiences for a reason and it counts for something our experiences count for for something and then I go on to say if when my legs can no longer take me forward I will push the younger it's just an, um, an old African concept when I when I did this when I wrote this I just thought about in, in African days, right? To make a decision, to stand on your decision that I make. So if I was to purchase a house or any big decision, I'm supposed to think for seven generations. That's how ancient Africans thought. That's how men thought back in the day. So they would sit down with the elders. They sit down with their brothers. They sit down and they would make decisions 
amongst the council of, of men and women because the matriarchs were important and they would say like this is the best route we should take for the village not only for the village but for ourselves and for our children so they factor in those who are coming after them those and that's just a core principle of being african and and that is lost that that type of thinking is lost even is lost amongst modern day individuals like the 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 decisions that we make here in in America it's only for a time being it's temporary it's almost like uh like how they they make the roads so for my audience i'm in the northeast east and we have something called patch and pray <laughs> you patch and pray and hope it stay so we you know the roads are not built to last the roads are just built for to ride on the roads for the summer the winter and the salt it's going to rip up the asphalt the trucks snow plows are going to rip it up and then they just repatch it with the same road that they patched it with last year you know they'll just come scoop it up grind it up put some more oil to it and then repatch it and give you a, a cheap road So this is where we are today. You know, we don't make anything to last. You know, we would make more technologically sound cars, but the older cars and the older models are are um, are more durable. So you can find the 1950s car. It's pretty much a tank on wheels compared to our fiberglass cars. And that's what I'm I'm just alluding to. It's just you know, we have to make better sound decisions. Um, because it which it just it just improves the livelihood of, of those who come after us where we don't even know their names you know there be our great grandchildren and what is the world that we're leaving them to and then i say when my legs can no longer take me forward i will push the younger so it's our duty and our responsibility to leave the world in a better place for those who are come after come after me um and partly that I, I started to really and put emphasis on this book is that I wanted to give something, whether it's just a, a verbal blueprint or something that my son can look back on and say like, oh, my grandfather or my father made had these words to share to the world. Um, they can hear my voice and, and understand my words and and know that I left them some breadcrumbs. And I think that we all can play our part in, in making this thing a better place. You know, we have the technology for it. You know, even some of the technology that was, was built in like the 1950s, like battery, like rechargeable batteries and things of that nature. If we would have continued to to look at those forms of technologies, we could have improved it because Einstein had a, um, he had a theory, you know, it's roughly about every 12 to 14 months uh, when a technology is created, a newer one will take its place within a year's time, within 12 to 14 months. But that's because of, you know, competition increases that. So with Elon Musk, he's, he is eager. I, I look at Elon, you know, um, because he's very forward-thinking. I don't know him. I don't know what his philosophy is. He could be complete dirtbag, but 
I look at everyone in context of like business sense and where they want to go. And I take from everyone, you know, that's that's just my strong suit. I listen to everyone and the things that I can take, I can take. Or if I discard, I discard. But I make sure I give it. I put things in my my bin or if I, I need to put it in my tool belt, I do so. And so I watched Elon and he said something very interesting. He said to think by himself is very hard. And I kind of know that feeling. When you're the only one, you need inspiration from your competition. It doesn't behoove you to beat everyone out because then you run out of ideas. That's why monopolies don't really work in the sense that, of course, you can dominate the industry, you can corner the market, but when you don't have competition, no one benefits. The customers definitely don't benefit. And even the corporations, they get too big, they get too lazy, they get too sluggish. Then they just kind of dissolve and, and they die out. When you have serious competition amongst companies, of course, some, some will die out because that's just natural selection in, in competition. However, when you have two competing forces going back and forth, you'll realize that Things are always work out for the better. The technology becomes better. The refinement of the processes because they're competing against each other. I remember that in college is that, you know, I'm, I'm part of a divine nine Greek fraternity. And when we didn't have any fraternities and sororities to compete against, well, we really didn't compete against our sisters, but definitely the men. When we didn't have any fraternities to compete against we would just come up to our own devices and people would get tired they're like yo i'm tired of going to a, this on-campus party i'm tired of, of of you guys doing the same exact things it's because if we have two or three events a month first of all they're going to say we're not doing enough but if if each greek letter organization had three events a month it would be beneficial because now the campus has X amount of events as opposed to three that they're going to and not. it's only our solely three so we have no one to compare this stuff to get against two and we don't have we can't use our creative juices to, to get things going and so zero limitation for me is a piece that settles me in how I want to move forward with my life like as far as giving back to others pushing my my children as I have them into and and giving them things that and tools that they can use being able to to read not just read and write, but being able to critically think for themselves, being able to use the things of the past if, if there's tools. A lot of times in just American society, as we're moving forward, we discard a lot of things that we can use and that could help us on our journey. So nothing goes to waste. Um, and meanwhile, we can create our new tools in order to 
combat the new things that we have today. So it's just a marriage and a bridge between the past and the present. But there is no limitation. There are no limitations. There are no... There isn't, right? And that's why I named the piece Zero Limitation is that we we can create our own reality. But I hope you guys enjoyed the piece. And this is Cotton the Rocket Ship. And peace.